Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast. One stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating interview as well. That would be much appreciated. All right, we got a couple of things that we got to get to today. Just some some news and notes, I guess, from practice that went down earlier today. And then I'm going to be joined by John Chick from Locked On Rangers for a little more of an in-depth conversation about what's going on in the Rangers dressing room and what's going on with Tony D'Angelo. So we had that conversation with John Chick uh, that I'll play for you guys and get a bit a bit more of an understanding of what's going on out there. But uh, let's let's chat a little bit first about what's going on in Leafland. A couple of little newsy bits, I guess, before uh, we get going here. It looks like Alex Kerfoot missed practice today, um, and uh, his status, I guess, is is not yet known. Uh, about how injured he is, what the injury is, uh, how long he's going to be out for, but wasn't at practice today. Engvall skated in his place on the third line. Uh, Patan was called up to the big club uh, just in case, and I think he was skating on the fourth line in practice today. But one of the big moves that we saw so far here at the lineup, Wayne Simmons moving all the way up to the second line, going to get an opportunity to play with William Nylander and John Tavares, which is really intriguing to me. Um, I, I, you know, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year if I felt that Wayne Simmons would prove to me through the first ten games that he deserves a a look at least on on one of the top two lines, I would have said you're crazy because he has not looked like the Wayne Simmons in the past couple of years that we were accustomed to seeing when he was dominating early in his career in L.A. and then for the most of his his you know prime in Philadelphia. We haven't seen that over the last couple of years. You know, he struggled when he got dealt to Nashville. He didn't really play well last year in New Jersey. And then when he got dealt to Buffalo, only got into a handful of games and the pandemic hit and he didn't get to play. But, you know, Wayne Simmons has not been the Wayne Simmons that we were accustomed to seeing over the past decade or so before the past couple of seasons. But it really seems like he's playing better. Um, I don't know if it's just because it's super early into the year or because he's playing in a better situation, you know. But but it, I really do think that Wayne Simmons has actually earned an opportunity to see what he can do. You know that that line hasn't gotten going five on five. You know, they've been successful in the power play. You know, the power play as a whole has been real successful, both the first unit and the second unit. I talked about that yesterday as one of the things that that I noticed about this team through 10 games. But another thing that I kind of noticed that we, I guess, left out a little bit was was the lack of offense at 5-on-5. Five five. And I think that that second line of Tavares and Nylander, they had a great start, a hot start. You know, Willie scored. I was calling him Willie Rockets after the first game because he was just on fire and it really looked like he was going to have himself a heck of a season. And then his offense has dried up a little bit since then. I know he's coming off of a game where he did score a goal. Um, but but I think that they're expecting more offense out of that, out of that line themselves between Tavares and Nylander, especially um, at 5-on-5. Five five. So I really think think that putting in a guy like Wayne Simmons maybe gives them uh, a little bit a little bit of a, a different dynamic you know Jimmy VC 
he was fine. Like, I guess he wasn't a detriment, but he wasn't really doing anything. A guy like Wayne Simmons, who can be a net front presence, someone who might be able to go into the corners, battle for pucks, and send it out in front for, you know, the Tavares's and Nylander. I think that that could work out. We'll see how long it lasts. I wouldn't imagine that Wayne Simmons will play the entire game um, on the second line, kind of like what we what we saw happen with Joe Thornton earlier this year. You know, when Marner and Matthews were playing 20, 22 minutes a night, whereas... Thornton was only playing 15-16, you know, like every third shift he would hang back and they would send out Hyman. So I don't know, maybe that's exa- maybe that might be what they plan to do where a guy like Wayne Simmons ends up going, uh, you know, taking a, a spell off and maybe McKayev will end up on that role, uh, on that line for a little bit or Jimmy VC, or perhaps we see this Kerfoot injury, maybe that forces them to perhaps go back to an uh, 11-7 situation where we won't have a, a traditional fourth line, and that kind of allows them to move other guys up through in, uh, throughout the lineup a little bit. We'll see what, what ends up happening in their next game against Vancouver on Thursday. I believe it's Thursday. Um, but still, Wayne Simmons getting a shot on the second line. I, I think it's pretty cool. I like it, um, and we'll see if he can end up contributing. You know, he's got three goals already. So he's doing, he's he's producing in the little amount of work that he's being given. So give him a little bit more of a role and see if he can keep producing. And that's what he's going to try and do. Uh, he's really won over the guys in the locker room. You know, the teammates love him. Um, and and clearly the coaching staff is looking at him and saying, hey, he's he's got a little bit more to give. You know, maybe people wrote his career off a little bit too early. You know, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if you recall Eric Stahl, when he, like his last year at Carolina was was not great. And then when he got traded to the Rangers, he couldn't get going. And then he ended up going to Minnesota on a sweetheart deal. And all of a sudden, he was a 35 goal scorer again, right? I'm not saying that's going to happen with Wayne Simmons where he's going to magically become a 25, 30 goal scorer again. But I think maybe we wrote him off. A little bit too soon, and, and he was a guy who just kind of got bogged down in, in a couple of different situations, and now he's here in Toronto in a system that seems to be working for him. Like he's, he's being given a role that he likes, a role that works for him. You know, net front presence on the power play. Maybe he could kill some penalties a little bit, and, and then just play you know third, fourth line minutes. Although we're trying to shove him up the lineup a little bit now. You know, it's it's worked out so far. So I I think uh, I applied. The the um, you know kind of the cojones on Coach Sheldon Keith to to give him an opportunity you know why not maybe this could spark something and Simmons Nylander and Tavares turn out to be a great line at five on five and they get a little bit more offense cooking um, that that's pretty much the the main I would say news item of the day is the fact that Simmons has been moved up to the the second line. We still aren't exactly sure uh, who's going to be starting in net this week as well. There's no back-to-backs, but um, since Campbell went out, Anderson has started each and every game. And there was a conversation about whether or not maybe you gave one of the games this week, and maybe it's the whatever the, the Thursday or the Friday or the Saturday game. You give it to Michael Hutchinson. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Like, hit me up on Twitter and let me know how you feel about potentially giving Hutchinson a start. Um, or should we just have Freddie Anderson kind of roll with it and ride the whole way since there's no back-to-backs, right? 
Uh, but the, the thought is, you know, because this is a condensed season, and we know that Freddie Anderson plays better when he's well-rested later into the season, allow him to get that rest now and give him a couple of extra days, almost a, a full bye week nearly, and maybe he'll be, you know, that, that'll just help him uh, throughout the year, you know, or, or at least later into the season, and he won't get tired as easily or whatever happens to him when he turns into a pumpkin late in the year like we've seen in the past. But, you know, then there's the other hand where I look at it and I'm like, he's playing so well right now. Like, he really is playing really well. And I would hate to kill that momentum just to uh, to get Michael Hutchinson in there. And if he doesn't play well, I I don't like, I just don't want to have to have, to have Anderson take the night off for no reason and then have Toronto not get the two points. You know, Vancouver's a decent team and they're really a, a Jekyll and Hyde team. You look at them and you can't help but just not know what they're going to give you on any given night. You know, if they're playing Montreal, they haven't been good. But really, against every other team, they've been pretty darn good. <laughs> like, especially against Ottawa. But, you know, against the good teams like Montreal... Vancouver hasn't been great. So, you know, that's the next matchup. Maybe you do give Hutchinson a start against one of the lesser teams in the division. I don't know. It's it's something that over the next couple of days, I guess, we'll, we'll have to weigh. And it's something I'm sure Sheldon Keefe is thinking about, whether or not he rolls with Anderson through, you know, the entire time that Campbell's out. Because they don't have a back-to-back for another couple of weeks. So they could just keep rolling with them until that situation happens. And then, you know, be forced to to either play Hutch at that point or maybe Campbell comes back a little early. Haven't heard anything about him, to be quite honest with you. But I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards letting Anderson roll. Um, you know, it's it's his job. You know, he wants to be a number one goalie. If he wants to get paid like a number one goalie, He's got to sometimes do that, put the team on his back and go in stretches where he's got to play a lot of games in in so few nights. And I think that it's coming, you know, with the injury to Campbell, he has stepped his game up, but also his workload, he's going to also have to, you know, go outside of his comfort zone a little bit because of that injury and just help out a little bit more. And I think he's up to it. You know, like he's somebody who has played over 60 games in most of the most of the time he's been here again that's part of the problem where at the end of the season because he's played these 60 games uh, 60 plus games you know he gets a little bit tired but I think that this is a different I don't know it's just a different year honestly it just feels different everything feels different about it I think that Freddie should get uh, get the starts this week and and keep rolling with him, I guess, until he has a stinker. If he comes out and he, you know, craps the bed Thursday and they get lit up by Vancouver like 6-2 or 7-1 or something like that, 7-3, all right, then go with Hutchinson on the Saturday and just kind of give Freddie a a night off. But if he's still playing at the level that he's been over the last couple of games and he's playing great, making some key stops, giving this team every opportunity to win and get points, I say you keep rolling with him. All right, let's take, uh, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, I'll be joined by John Chick, and we'll get to the bottom of this Tony D'Angelo uh, saga when we return. But first, let me tell you guys all about Rock Auto. 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write Locked On on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano is still with you here on the Locked On Lease pod. Uh, joining me now to discuss this Tony D'Angelo uh, issue, I guess we could call it, uh, is John Chick from Locked On Rangers. Hopefully they get a little bit more of an in-depth conversation about what's going on over in the Rangers dressing room. John, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, other than the fact that the Rangers have only two wins in their first eight games and are currently losing one nothing to the Penguins, and of course, you know, uh, to call this a situation with Tony D'Angelo, I think is to put it pretty lightly, uh, it's basically just a one giant uh, dumpster fire right now. But uh, yeah, happy to come on here and talk to you about it. Yeah, dumpster fire is definitely a better word I would use for it. Uh, I, I was going to to swear and call it a bleep storm, but I, I didn't want to, so I used, <laughs> didn't use a different S word, but dumpster fire certainly yeah. works uh, when it comes to this. Yeah. So uh, for those who, who aren't aware, uh, maybe just kind of lay out exactly the events that have transpired here with Tony D'Angelo and the New York Rangers. Yeah, so, I mean, I think we kind of need to take it from the top. And, you know, Tony D'Angelo, he's somebody who has something of a checkered past. I think for the most part, since he's come over to the Rangers from the Coyotes in a trade a few years ago, he's mostly, and I emphasize mostly, behaved himself. Uh, you know, there's an occasional uh, situation where his temper gets the best of him on the ice. There's an occasional situation where he may send out a tweet that's maybe not in the best taste, but nothing that really, really crossed the line like in his past where he has been suspended by the OHL for using uh, very offensive language or any situations where he's become physically abusive with referees, which apparently has also happened twice in Tony D'Angelo's past. But, you know, this season starts. we got a home game against the New York Islanders on opening night, and the game is a complete disaster. The Rangers, for a rivalry game and opening night, they look very flat, and uh, Tony D'Angelo has a really rough game, takes a foolish penalty, and then also an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on top of that to make the situation even worse. And as a result of this, uh, David Quinn made D'Angelo a healthy scratch for the second game. And it just so happens the Rangers played outstanding in the second game. So you go into the third game, you don't change the lineup, D'Angelo is still a healthy scratch. Now D'Angelo's been back in the lineup since then, but he obviously has not played well. And that all culminated with a really rough performance against the Penguins a couple of nights ago. Uh, D'Angelo was a minus three. He was on the ice for... For the Penguins' five goals, including the overtime game winner, and uh, actually had some miscommunication with Alex Georgiev behind the Ranger net when the Rangers had a chance to take possession. Instead, Sidney Crosby gets the puck, and he scores, because of course he does. And then the <laughs> next thing you know, there's an altercation in the tunnel between Georgiev and D'Angelo. It's also rumored that Chris Kreider stepped in and may have punched D'Angelo in the face. That has not been 100% confirmed, but... Yeah, I, I think you can see why I'm, I'm referring to this situation as a dumpster fire. That's kind of the long version, but I felt like it was important to uh, give as much context as possible here. Yeah, and then there was also a, a rumor that came out from, I think it was Blue Shirt Banter, talking about how D'Angelo had stolen 
um, the the uh, the first goal puck of Keandre Miller, but that's since been disputed by by a lot of team officials, and and Keandre Miller, I think, disputed that himself as well. Uh, but yeah, just overall a, a crazy situation. But you know, this is a guy who scored like. 54 points, something like that, last year. Fourth in all defensemen in scoring. How is it yep. that his play has fallen off so much just within just a few games of this year? Well, I think, you know, it's important to note that even though D'Angelo had all those points last season and really kind of exploded and really made a name for himself, really became an important part of the Ranger power play unit, uh, he still nevertheless... He struggled defensively at times, and we saw that in the playoff series. He had a really rough playoff series against the Canes when the Rangers were swept in three games in the qualifying rounds. So he, despite having all those points last year, was still occasionally a defensive liability for the Rangers. I think if you're a Ranger fan or maybe even a member of the Ranger front office, you can live with D'Angelo being, if he's going to produce points at the clip that he did last season, you can live with him being sort of like an average defensive defenseman, if that makes sense, or maybe even a little bit subpar if he's going to produce offensively. But he wasn't even doing that this season. And uh, just looked lost out there. And, I mean, his defense, frankly, looked about as bad as I can remember it ever looking, you know, during his time with the Rangers. So uh, something that had always been a weakness uh, really showed up big time this season, at least in the early parts of the season here. And to kind of, you know, cloudy the, the, the waters here a little bit even more and make a little bit more of a mess of the situation, you know, the guy was given a two-year, $4.8 million contract, uh, you know, this past offseason. And yesterday he was waived by the team. Today went unclaimed. And GM Jeff Gordon came out and said that, you know, D'Angelo's played his final game as a New York Ranger. So I guess what's, you know, what's next here? What are the options when it comes to, to dealing with this situation? Mike, that is the million-dollar question, man. I wish I had a good answer for you. I mean, obviously, you know, when I recorded my episode today, uh, as I started recording, D'Angelo was still on waivers. It was still theoretically possible that he could be claimed on waivers by a team, but I never expected that to happen when you consider his off-ice baggage and when you consider uh, this latest incident with Georgiev and the fact that he hasn't played well this season and has a massive contract. I didn't really expect teams to be lining up to, to take him off the Rangers' hands, so to speak. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's just uh, it's obviously not a good situation, and uh, I don't know what the Rangers are going to do next. I know when I recorded my episode today, they had not yet definitively said that Tony D'Angelo has played his last team as a Ranger. I feel like the door maybe uh, up until Jeff Gorton made those recent comments was at least slightly, very, very slightly cracked for D'Angelo to make a return. But Gorton said on no uncertain terms maybe about an hour, hour and a half ago, that D'Angelo has absolutely played his last game as a Ranger. So I don't know what you do. I mean, and it doesn't look good for the Rangers either because they took a chance on D'Angelo. They gave him, uh, you know, pretty significant pay raise this offseason. And now just eight games into the season, or in D'Angelo's case, just six games into the season, already having buyer's remorse. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, I, I hope that a team would come along and uh, basically just, you know, absorb the contract and, and take D'Angelo off the Rangers' hands. But I'm really not so sure how realistic that is. It might be a situation where if the Rangers are going to move him, they're going to have to absorb a good amount of the cap hit as well, which obviously is uh, is not a good situation for them either. Yeah, it just makes me think. Like, if no one was willing to take him off of waivers, uh, clearly they're not willing to take on that cap hit without giving something you know else up. So, you know, I'm thinking uh, from a well, the, the Maple Leafs wouldn't go out and get a guy like Tony D'Angelo. But if there's a team out there that has another player who's also struggling, um, that maybe they could just 
you know have a one for one swap and and kind of do it that way. But then there comes to the the you know the whole situation of whether or not you want a guy like Tony D'Angelo coming into your locker room. Yeah, it's definitely a fair question to wonder. I mean, this guy's only 25 years old. He was a first round draft pick. Uh, has a lot of raw ability. I mean, we saw that on full display last season. Yeah. But the guys on his third NHL team, and probably very soon to be if somebody picks him up or the Rangers can work out a trade, his fourth team at the age of 25, a former first-round draft pick. I mean, that's just crazy to think about, and it just seems like he, he tends to burn bridges. And uh, I don't know. He grates on his teammates, and this is where we're at, man. You know, we're talking about a guy who – was the fourth leading defenseman last season in terms of points, maybe struggling to find a home in the NHL at this point. It really is crazy to think about. And we're all hockey fans here on the Locked On Elise podcast, but are we ready for some football? We got the Super Bowl coming up in two weeks, and the number one place that has you covered and the one place we trust is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. You've got the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Bucks. You can also go ahead and bet on the NHL games. You got some prop bets and future bets and of course you got your puck line money line and all the goods don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in the action don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts yeah and, and i guess one of the other options that the rangers have is just kind of send them home and say hey like we're sending you home for the year, kind of think about what you did, I suppose, unless somebody comes calling for him. But, I mean, sending him home and and then just probably revisiting it in the offseason. Because I think at at a young age of, what, 25 years old, which Tony D'Angelo is, it's going to be it'd be a relatively cheap cap hit if you were to just, you know, if nobody wanted to trade for him. And instead of going into next year with having him on your books, I think you could end up buying him out and only have a cap hit of like less than a million bucks on your on your books. It's possible. And, you know, so much has happened that I have not gotten into like the contract legalities. I heard some rumors that, you know, maybe the Rangers could try to terminate his contract, although the NHLPA would be almost certain to fight that. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, yes, he, he has caused some problems, and obviously the altercation with Georgiev is no good, but I don't think it's grounds. And again, I'm not, I'm not an expert on the legalities of NHL contracts, but I don't think it's grounds for a contract to be terminated. So I don't think that's on the table. And Jeff Gordon even said today that he doesn't anticipate doing that. He's going to look to uh, basically try to trade D'Angelo. And, uh, you know, there's 30 teams out there, 30 other teams out there, and all it takes is for one of them to uh, – have some interest, and maybe the Rangers can work out a deal and, and just try to wash their hands of this situation at this point. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like somebody will probably take a chance on him. I, I don't know what team, but I, I would be surprised yeah. if this is the last NHL game that D'Angelo has played, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, uh, whether he has to do kind of a redemption tour out in Europe and then come back. I, I'd be surprised if this is the last time we see him skating in an NHL rink. Well, it's funny you say that because actually on my episode today, uh, I actually I floated the possibility that this could could be the end of Tony D'Angelo's NHL career. But I, I said that I don't think it will be because, like you just said, he's just 25 years old. He does have a lot of talent, and I think it's probably only a matter of time before he gets another chance somewhere else. But, man, wherever he ends up, and it could be anywhere, I mean, who's to say for sure? But, man, he better tread very, very lightly and oh, make sure yeah. he goes out of his way to be a good teammate and not say or do anything stupid. 
keep his emotions in check because, you know, at some point Tony D'Angelo has to decide what's important in life. It, is What's important to him going on Twitter and starting arguments with people he doesn't even know and using abusive language, is that what's important to Tony D'Angelo? Or is what's important playing in the freaking NHL, man? You're an NHL <laughs> hockey player making millions of dollars a year to play a game that you love. I mean, at some point, just be happy, man. Stop causing problems, so, you know? I know I'm oversimplifying it, but I, I think, you know, that's that's kind of the long and short of it. No, but you brought up another thing that's totally, you know, kind of separate from this situation, but somewhat also, you know, baked into this whole dumpster fire, is the fact that there were rumblings last week that he had created his own burner account and was, you know, kind of, tweeting at a bunch of people who were just slamming him for his actual gameplay. You know, what What did you make of all this? Do you think it's actually a D'Angelo burner, or is this just some random <laughs> fan? Like, well, what did you make yeah, of I, that mess? I, Yeah, so I, I talked about this on the podcast today as well. I even read a couple of uh, the quote-unquote greatest hits from that uh, possible D'Angelo burner account. I don't think we can say with 100% certainty that it absolutely is him. I don't know that there's any way to actually prove that. But the evidence did start to pile up. I believe there was a Twitter user who was uh, somehow able to get D'Angelo to click on something, and then it revealed his location. And it happened to be in downtown Pittsburgh, which is, of course, where the Rangers were uh, while this was going on. So, I mean, it definitely seems possible that it was him. And, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, at some point, (laughs) just put down the social media and just, you know, keep some of your opinions to yourself. So many people have been burned with with, uh, Twitter burners. I mean, if you're an athlete, don't I wouldn't even attempt it because if you get caught, dude, yeah. Oh my god, it's a lot worse getting caught than it is just taking the heat because people are gonna chirp you anyways. Even if you, you know, they don't know you're a burner account and they're just gonna go back and forth at you. People are stubborn and, and you're not gonna change their mind because somebody named, uh, you know, Rangers fan four zero six eight two said that D'Angelo <laughs> is actually a good player if you watch the tape. Like it's not gonna actually change anybody's mind. So uh, to all those athletes out there, maybe future NHLers listening to the podcast, guys, just don't even worry about what's being said about you online. Don't look at the clips and certainly do not create a burner account because this is going to come back and backfire at you. Only bad things, only bad things could possibly happen in that situation. All right, John, uh, it's certainly still an ongoing a dumpster fire of a situation right now with Tony D'Angelo and the Rangers. Um, as of now, all we know is that he won't be a member of this Rangers team going forward. He is still technically, contractually a member of the organization. Uh, but in terms of whether or not he's going to play with them, whether or not that he's going to be sent down to the minors, whether there's a trade in, in works, we don't know any of that yet. But I'm sure you will keep everybody updated over at Locked on Rangers. So why don't you tell everybody where they can uh, keep up with this situation? Yeah, I mean, you can give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers, or you can give us, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And uh, just definitely tune into the show because this is not going away anytime soon. You know, the Rangers are playing the Penguins right now, and I'm actually going to be doing uh, a crossover episode with Hunter Hodes of Locked On Penguins tomorrow. That's the plan. So I'm sure we'll talk about this game. But, I mean, this Tony D'Angelo saga, I think, unfortunately, it's, it's really just getting started here. So, Uh, We're going to continue to cover the Rangers and continue to see what happens next with D'Angelo going forward here. 
And that will do it for us here today on the podcast. Thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. John, where can they follow you? Oh, uh, at jchick17 on and, Twitter. And definitely check out the Locked On Rangers pod as well. John, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, you got it, Mike. We'll have to do this again in the future. Well, you certainly will. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast for myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.